The only person who may know less than Ron DeSantis about running a successful presidential campaign is his wife. What's up? This is this is Mark K. Saves the Republic. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope everyone had a fantastic weekend, man. I had a fantastic weekend. Let me tell you how fantastic my weekend was. Uh, and then we'll get into the story about Casey DeSantis, the wife of Ron DeSantis, the first lady of Florida, and hoping to be the first lady of the United States. We'll tell you about her going on uh, the news and encouraging everyone to commit voter fraud, <laughs> which is also, I only thought the Democrats did that. I didn't think the Democrats, well, you know, actually, you know what? The Democrats encourage voter fraud, but they're, they don't, they're smart enough not to do it. They're smart enough not to do it on a nationally broadcast news program where everyone can play it over and over again. And like I said, I'm going to play it over and over again for you here. Uh, in just a minute. But man, what a fantastic weekend I had. The first thing that happened to me on Friday, I think I told you about this. I went to, uh, we had a big, you know, Christmas party at the church. And one of the things I did was I did a charity sale of my book, The Untold Story of Christmas. And I told the, uh, I was talking to my priest and I said, I'll come and I'll do like a reading and we can sell books and I'll donate hundred percent of the proceeds back to the church. For example, this book costs out of pocket because I don't know if you've ever looked at this book, but not only does it have the nice glossy full cover, a uh, full color cover, but these pages are like the really nice, thick, they're the glossy pages that you find many children's books made out of their high quality. It's very expensive. So each book cost me $10. Like if I just wanted to buy this book, 10 bucks, every time I give one away to somebody that's I'm giving them $10. Every prize the time someone calls up and says, instead of a prize pack, can I have a book? It's 10 bucks. And I'm happy to do it. I'm not complaining. Uh, but I told him, I said, look, we'll sell the books for 25 bucks. I'll take the 10 to cover the cost. You can have the 15 and he goes, that's so generous. Let's do it. And man, the books just, whew, it was crazy. I had more, I sold more books at my church than I did at Salute America featuring Brian Kilmeade, probably because Brian Kilmeade wasn't blocking my booth when I was at church, <laughs> but we set up uh, right inside and we had the table. And as soon as the event opened, there was a line out the door and it was kind of odd because these are people that I've been going to church with for years, like parishioners. And they were all coming up saying they loved the show. They loved the show. They couldn't wait for the book. And then at uh, 7.15, we got all the kids together. They had a chair for me with a little table. I felt kind of like Santa Claus, only no one was sitting in my lap, which was kind of good. Um, and then uh, and then the kids gathered around in front. And I, and I was like, come on, kids. It's story time. And I started reading the story. And it was really, it was really fantastic. It, uh, it was really uh, a lot of fun. And the kids enjoyed it. And most of them were well-behaved, which was also a coup. I think uh, I would say a good, I would say a good like 75 percent of the kids were well-behaved. 60% of the kids were totally engaged. Uh, 40% were on and off, but like 75% of them were well-behaved. A couple of the kids started just running around and sliding on the linoleum, because it was in the linoleum, like the, they call it the Parish Life Center, but they would slide on the linoleum because uh, they were wearing long pants and they would go sledding. <laughs> and I go, and I let them do it because it's Florida. We don't get a lot of sledding. So if they want to run around and slide on the linoleum floor of the Parish Life Center in their long pants and think it's sledding, I mean, cut the kids some slack, right? That's as close to sledding as a lot of these Florida kids are ever, uh, are ever going to get. Incidentally, if you would like a copy, by the way, of The Untold Story of Christmas, either autographed or not, it's easy to get. Go to theuntoldstoryofchristmas.com, theuntoldstoryofchristmas.com, and you'll get it out there, and you'll get it out uh, well, before, well before Christmas Day so you can enjoy it as your family's new tradition. And we are going to share that on the Marque show too. All right. Let's talk a little bit about, let's talk a little bit about what happened over the weekend. A couple big things happened over the weekend. First of all, Casey DeSantis and Ron DeSantis were on Fox news because Ron DeSantis has this really firm belief. And I got to hand it to the guy, you know, 
there, there are people there. The whole never give up mentality. He's really embraced the whole never give up. That whole, that whole, it ain't over till it's over. That Yogi Berra concept of, you know, well, things being over. Ron DeSantis, he's glommed onto that and he is riding that horse all the way home. And at this point, I don't foresee him dropping out anytime before Florida. Uh, he may lose the Iowa caucus. He may lose the New Hampshire primary. He may lose South Carolina, Nevada, a whole bunch of them. Um, I think he's going to stick it out at least until Florida for whatever reason. Uh, also, I think that probably what else is going to happen is you're not going to see much more of his wife on the campaign trail, or at least not in a speaking role. <laughs> she'll be more, she'll be more the doting wife, eye candy, hand-holding, standing on the stage role, uh, which is what, you know, is what I think she's, she excels at. Um, but here's the, Here's, here's So here's what happened, okay? The Iowa caucus, as you know, is the very first uh, presidential primary decision in the country. And in Iowa, it's a little different than it. They, they actually caucus. They don't do like a primary. You go in and you go, you get your ballot. You're like primary, Trump, here you go. And then you get a little sticker, I voted. Same thing, you know, if you go to Nevada, Trump, here you go. I vote here in Florida, Trump, and then you, you get your sticker and you vote. Uh, in Iowa, it's totally different. They have a caucus, which basically means they debate. And all over the state of Iowa, they have caucuses and, and supporters come in and they say, all right, who's voting for Trump? And all these people go, I am. And then these people, who's voting for Haley? And then all these people go, I am. These people go, who's voting for DeSantis? They go, I am. And they go, all right, there's no consensus. Let's just argue with each other. And so they argue. They call it debating. They call it discussion, whatever. But they go around and around and around until they decide who's going to get the votes. And uh, that's how it works in Iowa. It's a very, it's a real down. I would hate it, by the way, because, you know, I mean, well, I mean, people would hate me being there. I would be the guy in the caucus that like walks in and be like, oh, great. Mark's here. Oh, I want to, I want to caucus at a different group. Can I go to a different caucus center, please? Because I would just debate. I wouldn't let anything go uh, ever. I mean, I am kind of, you know, once I grab onto something, I'm like, I, ho I hold, I hold grudges and I'm not really. It's really easy to change my mind. Anyway, that's enough about me. I don't live in Iowa. I live in Florida, so I don't have to worry about it. Neither does anyone else in Iowa. Uh, but that's how the Iowa caucus works. The interesting thing is, though, you do have to be an Iowan, which means you have to live in Iowa. You have to be registered in order to take part in the caucus, which makes what Casey DeSantis said really strange and bizarre. Uh, here she is on Fox News with her husband the other day. Listen carefully to, uh, to this unexplicable comment by First Lady of the State of Florida, Casey DeSantis. We have a huge coalition across the United States of America of mothers and grandmoms. When the governor was reelected, uh, we had a coalition of 1.1 million mothers and grandmoms in the state of Florida. That was the largest that had ever been done in the, the history of our state and probably, I would argue, across yeah. the nation. We're asking all of these moms and grandmoms to come from wherever it might be, North Carolina, South Carolina, and to descend upon the state of Iowa to be a part of the caucus because you do not have to be a resident of Iowa to be able to participate in the caucus. So moms and grandmoms are going to be able to come and be a part and let their voice be heard. Okay, so uh, that's patently false. <laughs> There's not one. There you, moms and grandmas. Do not if you're not already in Iowa. Do not go to Iowa to be part of the caucus. Public service announcement from Mark K. Saves the Republic. Do not go to Iowa, moms and grandmas from Florida. Do not go to Iowa, moms and grandmas from North Carolina or South Carolina. Do not go to Iowa, anybody who's not in Iowa, and demand to caucus for Ron DeSantis, because despite what Casey DeSantis thinks... You do not have to be a resident of Iowa to be able to participate in the caucus. Yeah, despite what she said, 
you do have to be a resident of Iowa to participate in the caucus. And of course, now there's two ways people could look at this. You could look at this and go, oh, she misspoke. Oh, she made a mistake. Oh, she wasn't. She she was confused. Or you could do what most people online did and accuse her of committing voter fraud, <laughs> which is which is exactly. In fact, I think I saw this first from my good friend, Laura Loomer, who look, I'm not saying Laura Loomer. I'm, I'm not saying anything about Laura Loomer, but the fact of the matter is she glommed onto this immediately and said, hey, uh, Casey DeSantis is now she's so worried about her husband. Her husband's in such a bad position. The polls are so bad for Ron DeSantis that now the only way this guy thinks he could win the Iowa caucus is if other people come from outer state, out of state and commit voter fraud. And I'm going to be honest with you. It is really troubling to a campaign and as a campaign manager, which I don't even know if they have one anymore. I know people keep quitting, but it is a little troubling when you hear the wife of the candidate say, hey, come in from other states and participate in this event because it may be the only way we win. And if you win the Iowa caucus, that's a great way. Uh, that's a great way to set up for the rest of the primaries. If you win the Iowa caucus, people around and then and look, this is just the way it is. This is people. Everybody knows this. If you win the first contest, then the people in the second contest go, well, you know, that guy won the first contest. So maybe, you know, maybe those people in Iowa, maybe they know something. Um, if they, if, you know, then you win New Hampshire, then all of a sudden the next one, you know, Nevada, South Carolina, they're all like, well, this guy won the first two. Clearly, clearly they, maybe that, maybe they're the best choice. That's, um, that's exactly what it says. Anyway, here we go. Alex Bershwitz says Casey DeSantis calls for widespread voter fraud in the Iowa caucus. Uh, on the Des Moines Register, they have a front, they have a big picture of her next to, <laughs> uh, next to the governor, which is very funny. And the, gov the look on the governor's face, I wish I could show you this on, but it's a podcast. Uh, Casey DeSantis said, anyone can caucus. Do you have to be an Iowan? And then it says, yes, <laughs> you have to be an Iowan. To caucus, the answer clarified in the wake of Casey DeSantis' call for people to descend on Iowa to caucus. This is just another misstep in what has been a mishandled campaign from the get-go. From day one, this campaign has not been doing well. From day one, this campaign has not been run the way that they thought it should be run. You may remember that Ron DeSantis, before he became a presidential candidate, was the golden child. He was the guy. He was supposed to come on in here. He was going to save everybody from Trump. He was going to save all the never Trumpers from Trump. He was going to save all the Democrats from Trump. Everybody who was petrified with fear, you know, the, the ladies on The View and Rob Reiner and uh, Barbara Streisand and Cher and all these other people who said they were going to leave if Donald Trump came back. They were so scared that Donald Trump was going to cause World War III and throw kids back into cages and, I don't know, do some other, eat babies, whatever whatever it is they accused Donald Trump of doing. They were petrified. They needed somebody to save them. And Ron DeSantis was the only palatable choice. He was the only Republican that a lot of these people trusted and thought could win. And then he announced his candidacy on Twitter. Back then it was Twitter. And it was a debacle. It was a debacle. It took like 35 minutes. There was weird noise. You could hear Elon Musk like whispering in the background. Finally, the thing came on. He made an announcement. It wasn't the most, wasn't the most pomp and circumstance filled announcement. And then from then on, it's just been downhill, whether it's rumors of him wearing high heel shoes because he's so short, other things that he said that's been kind of quirky, uh, you know, people battling with him over Disney, Donald Trump, 
taking him to task for this, that, and the other. And now his poor wife saying, come to Iowa and commit voter fraud. Definitely not. It's definitely not a good look. It's definitely not a good look for Ron DeSantis. But again, I don't think he's going anywhere. I wish he'd come back here to Florida and just, you know, govern. Yeah, I wish he'd just come back here and finish out his term. And then we'll talk about president. I think that, you know, get this job done first. And then maybe we'll talk about president. It's like, you know, when, when my kids want ice cream. Did you do your homework? No. Let's get the homework done first. And then we'll talk about maybe getting, uh, maybe getting some ice cream. Fun fact, when my kids say that and they go back to do their homework, I just go and get myself some ice cream because I go, oh, that's a, ice cream sounds great. <laughs> so I'll be anyway, that's just, you know, but I've paid my dues. I've done all my homework. Um, actually, I didn't do my homework at all. That's how I ended up here. Uh, listen, we're going to have more. We're going to delve into more of this Casey DeSantis committing voter fraud. You do not have to be a resident of Iowa to be able to participate in the caucus. I mean, <laughs> sorry, I just uh, I just imagine the people at the Des Moines Register going, wait, what? Wait, I mean, think about this. Think about this. You have the Des Moines Register, okay? And they now have to write a front page article. Did they? Did anyone ever think they would have to do this? They now have to write a front page art article saying, hey, Iowans, you do actually have to be an Iowan to participate in the Iowa caucus. So please, moms and grandmas from around the country, stand down. <laughs> stand down. Stay where you are. Unpack your knitting. Don't come here to Iowa because you have to don't listen to Casey DeSantis. You do not have to be a resident of Iowa to be able to participate in the caucus. You know, it's a shame, too, because I, I actually know Casey DeSantis. Before she was Casey DeSantis, she was Casey Black, and she worked half a mile from here uh, at a TV station. She worked at a TV station in Jacksonville, Florida. She was a reporter. Then she was an anchor. Then she did like the funky, uh, what do you call it? Like the funky midday show with the guy who used to be Jackson DeVille, the mascot of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they had a fun little show. And I would wander over there to that news station every now and then because they would need me on for whatever reason. Uh, and fun fact, she was the only one who was nice to me. She would like everyone else. I would walk in and they'd be like, oh, you're that radio guy. Why is the radio guy here? Oh, you're that. Oh, like like slum TV people never like to slum with radio people. It was like below them. Uh, and she would always come. She'd be like, Mark. I'm like, Casey. She'd be like, hey, she was so sweet, so nice. And um she had, you know, great presence on television and she was in, from the news industry. So it's a little shocking that she would get on television and say something that's just so wrong. <laughs> but again, look, I don't want to comment on that news station she worked for, but let's just say fact checking isn't, uh, isn't their strong suit. We're going to get to this a little bit later on the program. So definitely tune into the Mark K show at noon Eastern, 11 central, wherever you listen to the Mark K show. And if you haven't yet followed or, or liked or uh, subscribed to this podcast, you definitely want to do that because we're going to do this um, every single day. Also, Alex Jones from InfoWars was finally let back on Twitter or X as it is now. Uh, Alex Jones from InfoWars was finally let back on Twitter. Not only that, but he came back to Twitter. He came back to X. He was reestablished and immediately held one of the most testosterone fueled Twitter spaces that uh, I've ever heard in my life. I didn't hear all of it. I heard a part of it, but it was. Let's see if I get this right. Alex Jones, Elon Musk, Andrew Tate. I mean, it was insanity. It was such a it was such a crazy thing. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that and what it means for free speech and how more advertisers are probably going to flee off of the X platform. Also, uh, Saturday Night Live. Man, that show's not funny. I actually caught myself watching Saturday Night Live for a hot minute uh, because Adam Driver was the host. And I like Adam Driver, or at least I did before he hosted Saturday Night Live. Now I have a whole different aspect of them, but, but they're under fire for a skit they did at the very beginning of the show, their opening skit. 
if you will, they always do what's called a cold open. And they do this skit where they they pretend to be whatever. Usually, you know, it's it's some kind of it was just weird because they they decided to parody the uh the congressional hearings with the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and UPenn. And that was a congressional hearing where Elise Stefanik asked them if it was okay for um, you know kids on their campuses to chant death to Jews or call for the genocide of the Israeli people and if that was protected speech on the on the campuses and none of them could really answer the question in a definitive way one of them actually got fired or resigned because of it the president of UPenn her name is uh her name is uh her name is unemployed no I, hold on I I know I have it right here uh you yeah her name is Liz McGill and Liz McGill resigned because she wasn't able to answer the question. Um, is it protected speech on the university of Pennsylvania campus to say, kill the Jews or genocide to Israel or whatever. Uh, and so now she's no longer, she's no, she is actually working there still. Don't be, don't be fooled. They never fire anybody. They just shuffle them around. She's no longer president, but she still has a cush job in the legal, in the uh, law school at UPenn, which is one of the top law schools in the country. So I wouldn't cry for her. She's still getting all the money and less responsibility. And now nobody's going to want to, you know, firebomb her house or whatever. Um, but that, that would, the, uh, the skit was all about that. And they were, they were kind of parroting Elise Stefanik, which is weird because in my mind, Elise Stefanik is the hero. And if you're, if you're looking at this, you're like, okay, you've got a representative who's trying to get to the bottom of whether or not college campuses are enticing or, or helping or encouraging their students to, you know, scream death to Israel and genocide to the Jews and all that other stuff. If that's one side of the aisle, and then you've got the other side, these three ridiculous women who can't seem to come up with the right answer, which is, yeah, we don't tolerate that. Then, and you're writing a comedy sketch. It seems, you know, pretty simple to me, which way you would write the comedy. Comedy is not really in the, in uh, SNL's, um, you know, repertoire anymore. <laughs> they, 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 they had to scratch it off their resume. Comedy show. Now it's just a show uh, because not only was it not funny, it was offensive to a lot of people. They did have one good line, though, where they said, coming up on C-SPAN, is Taylor Swift now dating Florida Senator Marco Rubio? I thought that was pretty, I thought that was pretty funny. Anyway, uh, the, the, uh, back to the show. Noon Eastern, 11 Central. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to set the notifications. Don't forget to do whatever you have to do so that you get this content every single day delivered right to you by iTunes or Spotify or wherever it is you're getting your podcast. Because we, I mean, every single day we get closer and closer to the fight of our lives, a fight that we have to win, a fight that we must win, a fight that we will win. And when we do, we will all save the republic.